It is a very good afternoon. It's Niall Boylan with you for the next uh, 45 minutes or so. And I decided today something a little bit different. And many of you have been contacting us on numerous occasions talking about the media, the mainstream media. We've talked about COVID vaccines. We've talked about how COVID has been dealt with. And of course, the latest narrative, of course, is climate change. And climate change is something that the media will be controlling over the next few years, telling you all sorts of scare stories. Some of it will be true. Some of it will be completely untrue to get you to hide under the bed and pray that the world doesn't end. A lot of it is just to empty your wallet, really. That's all they really want to do. And there's a whole new word out there, by the way. It's called climate art. And climate art is a person who believes if they pay taxes, climate change will just go away. And that is... I believe that's the latest word. Well, to talk to me a little bit more today, I thought it was intriguing when I was reading some stories about Project Veritas. Now, you may not have heard of Project Veritas. They're an American group that was founded uh, by James O'Keefe back in 2010. And the group, I suppose, produces undercover videos, undercover operations, and they use secret recordings. And you'll see a lot of those on their websites, on their Twitter accounts, on social media, etc., etc. Much of their work more recently has been about cover-ups, censorship, of experts, particularly during the COVID and COVID policy. And of course, also uh, developing the developing story, of course, of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Also, they've talked to, they've gone undercover in Facebook and all different places as well to get the truth. Well, at least that's what they say. They want to uncover the truth, the truth that mainstream media won't give you. One man who works heavily with them is Christian Hartsock. He's the Project Veritas chief reporter, and he joins me on the line. Christian, good afternoon to you. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Well, let's go first back to, you know, what was the purpose of Project Veritas when, you know, when James O'Keefe started off first, I suppose there was this kind of, uh, people were getting frustrated that, that all they were getting was mainstream media and the mainstream media take on every story. And I suppose James thought there was a, there was something there to tap into, to, you know, uncover some of the truths that weren't being told. Yeah, so we have a media over here that uh, purports to be journalists and they are oftentimes anything but about 92% of journalism in this country is actually activism uh, posing as journalism. And it, the media here tells the American people what they're allowed to care about, uh, what they're not allowed to care about, what they're allowed to be curious about, what they're not allowed to be curious about. Uh, and we are a nonprofit actual journalism news organization. We conduct undercover reporting and there's a reason why we do undercover reporting. Um, the, the, it, the politicians are famously famously talk out of both sides of their mouth, right? Mm. They're a different person on Sunday morning than than they are than than they. Oh, were they on play Saturday. to the gallery, of course. They play to the gallery like they do over here too. Yeah, right. So we, you know, what we see happening in corporate journalism uh, in the United States and across the world is essentially stenography. It's not actual journalism. It's oh, what what is the what it, what did the uh, it's copying and pasting press releases, or mm. if it's uh, or if it's a candidate or someone that they're opposed to, then it, it's copying and pasting one tiny little part of their sentence and putting it into an entirely different context. So what we do is we, I like to say we walk through walls, we get into the private conversations, we find out what people are actually up to, what politicians, institutions, uh, individuals who are you know, in positions of power, what they actually think, what they're actually up to. And people criticize us uh, for deception. Well, you, you know, it, well, you have been, not you personally, but Project Veritas has been criticized by the media, the mainstream media, who say that, you know, you edit your videos in such a way, you know, that they're out of context or you edit your videos to make them look deceptive. I, I, I don't think that's the case, but I, or certainly it's not done intentionally. 
No, and I mean every yeah, everything is edited. Uh, every every single thing that's ever been packaged. You know, pr uh, journalists don't publish their entire notebooks, right? So we work in undercover video, so our notebooks are essentially our raw undercover video. So what we do is we apply what's called the Zekman test, where we only publish what we think is of uh, vital public interest because we're journalists. We're not, you know, you know, we're not activists. We're not trying to take people down. Uh, but if there is information, say, you know, the, the way Google is running algorithms or the way a politician, what a politician actually plans to do when they take office uh, that we think their constituents ought to know about, well, we... Yeah, we'll 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 edit the parts that are of, of vital public interest, but we 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 go to great lengths to make sure that we're representing the person accurately. In fact, more accurately than they represent themselves uh, in the public eye. I mean, you you guys have been accused of being right wing. Does that label insult you, or are you do you accept that with grace? Uh, well, we're. A 501c3, we're, we're, we're non-political. We've done, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and we get that a lot. Uh, in in this country, there's something that our, our, my and James's uh, mentor, Andrew Breitbart, called the Democrat media complex, which is uh, the, the corporate media protects their own candidate, the, the, the people that they are aligned with. Uh, and makes sure that any negative news about them is expunged, makes sure that uh, only positive. So uh, there happens to be sort of a uniparty system here in, in, in a way. Um, we are not, we're not activists. We're, uh, we've done stories on Republicans. I, I once did a story in 2014 that effectively ended the the career, the, the career of uh, the Wisconsin State Senate president uh, who had been in office since 1971, and this was 2013, and mm -hmm. our video came out, and he resigned the next day. We had a Republican, uh, uh, a woman, go to jail because we exposed. So, her. so what you're saying to me is, mainstream media and the Democrats just write you off as right wing to make your stories go away or make people maybe not pay attention to them. In other words, it's a way of discrediting you. Yes. Yes, the the corporate media does tend to favor a particular party in this country. That just happens to be the way it is. Look, we 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 uh, point our flashlights in the dark corners. No one else is looking. There's a demand for the, there's a demand for the corruption that we're exposing that no one else is exposing. It's 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 sort of a nature abhors a vacuum. Uh, when we have a corporate media that's unwilling to look in certain parts of the room, we're going to go to those parts of the room. They they oftentimes happen to be, you know, uh, the sacred cows, the people, the very people that the media uh, are are protecting. I mean, you you've got undercover yourself, um, and many of people in Project Veritas have, you know, going out and sending people out for drinks with people who are in the corporate world, people in the political world, people within Facebook, within CNN. That kind of work is quite tricky and be quite dangerous if you do get caught. I'm assuming it's with hidden microphones and hidden cameras. Um, a lot of people, I suppose, would condemn that kind of work. I personally don't. Uh, I believe it's some way of getting the truth. But some people would condemn it as entrapment. Uh, do you accept that or do you ever accept that sometimes it can be classed as entrapment? You apply somebody with a few drinks and all of a sudden you get a story out of it. Um, if it's the truth, I don't see the problem, but some people see a problem with that. 
Yeah, uh, we we absolutely reject that. First of all, uh, entrapment uh, can only be done by law enforcement. Um, we're not law enforcement. Uh, second of all, the, while 92% of the media deceives their audience to protect their subjects, yes, we deceive our subjects to get the, the truth to our audience. Uh, our fidelity is to the American people, the news going public. Uh, the the corporate media, their fidelity is to the to the politicians, the institutions that they want to protect. Um, I what, one one example is Google. I did a story uh, both in San Francisco and Dublin, Ireland, uh, a few years ago. In Dublin, Ireland, I had a, a Google uh, employees telling me on hidden camera over at the the bath pub in in um, South Dublin uh, about how Google can. Uh, suppress ads from, say, Republican uh, politicians, Republican campaigns, mm -hmm. without anyone knowing about it. In San Francisco, uh, I got uh, Jen Janai, who's the head of machine learning fairness, telling me about how they're uh, manipulating the algorithms uh, so as to affect, uh, prevent a second Trump. Uh, this was before the 2020 election yeah. to prevent. Trump re-election. And that's something that whatever whatever party you belong to, you know, uh, you have a right to know about. Uh, is Google, I mean, you, your job has changed, sorry for interrupting, but your job has changed somewhat, I suppose, over the last five years because of the power of social media. Um, not so much Facebook anymore, but certainly Twitter has become very powerful and even probably more powerful now, I suppose, to some extent since Elon Musk took over. Uh, before Elon Musk had it, of course, we've seen the Twitter files. We've seen the letters back and forward to American government and American government and even now European governments uh, telling them to suppress certain stories, suppress certain commentators, to ban people who are doctors in universities who might have been talking about COVID vaccines or any information that they didn't really want out there. Do you still believe that's happening now that we have the Twitter files out, which were brought out by many of the authors, including Michael Schellenberger, who we spoke on the show, but also, of course, you've got the Facebook files coming out now as well. Do you believe that's going to change, that that now that we have some level of transparency, uh, certainly with Elon taking over Twitter, but, but with Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, with that level of transparency where the files are going to be released and we're going to find out if they're suppressing anything, do you think that will change social media? Because they have so much power. Well, uh Twitter, uh, we were actually the first, or uh, the, the word shadow banning came from mm -hmm. our reporting many years ago. The things that the Twitter files uh, exposed that Elon Musk, who, by the way, gave us our account back. Uh, and I was actually the reason that we lost that account. And I'll, I'll tell you about that. Uh, but Elon Musk gave us our account back. Yes, the, the Twitter sphere has, has, has definitely changed. Um, but it was back in uh, 20. 2017, 2018, that we did our story on shadow banning, where we went into San Francisco and we had Twitter employees telling us about how they're they're banning, they're they're suppressing content without the content pro provider knowing that their content is being suppressed, and how they the term of art used for that was shadow banning. And so the users, the users noticed this because I, I myself have been shadow banned at one stage. So users noticed this because all of a sudden you go from having a popular Twitter account with maybe an average of three, four hundred. 500 likes on everything you put up to going down to have 10 or 15 likes, even though you know yourself it's a good comment or it's a useful piece of information. And you say, why is nobody picking up on it? And what they're doing is shadow banning. But the problem we have here in Europe is that 
The Twitter files come out in America, and, and we noted all this, including the shadow banning that you originally brought out and you mentioned at the very start. And not, there's other types of banning as well that goes on uh, within social media. But they don't seem to have looked at Europe at all. I mean, the Twitter files is mainly all about America. I mean, a lot of that kind of stuff, a lot of people were banned. A lot of people got shadow banned here in Europe as well. And the Twitter headquarters, by the way, headquarters in Europe is actually in Ireland as well, just around the corner from Google where you were the last time. But yet we haven't yeah. seemed to, we, we haven't really looked at Europe. I know that's not your field, but we haven't looked at Europe and I'm, I'm unsure as to why. Well, um, I mean, we we are open to exposing corruption, uh, fraud, waste, and abuse wherever wherever it is, especially wherever it's being protected. And I would I would encourage if you if you wouldn't mind, I, I would encourage uh, your viewers to reach out to us, uh, projectveritas.com forward slash tips, and also projectveritas.com forward slash donate. Um, and you know, send us tell tell us what's going on over there. Uh, I did. I I was over there in 2019 on Silicon Docs. Uh, we had done so much muckraking in Silicon Valley uh, that we that we wanted to go someplace where we were less likely to be uh, found out. So one of uh, my colleague and I went over to Dublin, and we spent uh, we spent weeks in October, November of uh, 2019. I'm assuming you got drunk while you. I'm assuming you got drunk while you were here. By the way. <laughs> I'm, What's that? I'm assuming you got drunk while you were here. There's plenty of pubs to investigate as well. Yes, yes. We spent basically, yeah, it was it was it was six PM to six six AM in in the in the pubs <laughs> along Silicon Dock. It was a lot of fun, really great people. Mm -hmm. I learned so much uh, being over there. I really enjoyed your country. Yeah. Uh, look, um, but, Ireland is doing very well for multinational companies coming over here because of the tax incentives to to have their headquarters over here. But some of the, the more recent stuff, I suppose COVID nineteen really brought out or exposed a lot of what is going on. A lot of other stuff before that, American politics particularly, but really COVID-19 was something that was worldwide. And, you know, we had a lot of people who didn't agree, say, with policies, who didn't agree with, I suppose, the large kind of push on vaccines, who weren't too sure about the vaccines. Were they safe? Were they not safe? But anybody who kind of went against it was either A, shadow banned, banned from social media, um, or indeed politicians or people or any doctors that spoke out would have lost their jobs. And that was something Project Veritas has really spoken about recently. And I've seen, you know, more recently some of the undercover work you've done in relation to Pfizer as well and, and their executives. That must have been very interesting for you guys. Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, so a few months ago, earlier this year, uh, we we released a story where uh, a, a Pfizer uh, employee was talking about how Pfizer's one of their next steps is to mutate the virus, and um, which is essentially gain of function. Um, so we genetic mutation is what they called it, and so we released that, and of course YouTube banned our video, and then I went back up to Silicon Valley and confronted the um, one of the, one of the heads of youtube about why they banned us mm -hmm. and you know is youtube brought to us by pfizer uh the the the, the did you ever get to the bottom pfizer of that question because that was the last question you asked him after he accused you of trying to assault him but you didn't by the way okay. um yeah, yeah i mean did you ever get to the bottom of that did, did did they ever answer you to say was there any funding at all by pfizer no, no. And it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. These people, these are the very people that owe the American public answers. And so they accuse us of harassing them. They accuse us of stalking them. Um, 
look, when you wield that amount of power, of informational power, where you literally control the levers of information, uh, the American, the, the, the world, the, the people of the world and their ability to talk to one another. Facebook, you, you brought up Facebook, uh, the, the head of global affairs at Facebook, Nick Clegg, uh, you know, we confronted him. He was the former deputy <clears throat> prime former minister. Politician. That's right. Yeah. 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 And, and, and now he, now he has one of the, uh, I, I think the biggest mansion in Menlo Park, and uh, controlling the controlling the American people's ability to communicate with their own president. Uh, so I, I, you know, it's 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 a global problem. These are this is a global uh, elite. I mean, they're, they're the main. Real- I suppose Facebook at the time during COVID were banning anybody who even mentioned that the virus may have come from a lab in Wuhan. We now know that's a strong possibility that it came to gain a function to a lab in Wuhan. Um, and yet they're still not backtracking. Um, they're still continuously banning people or suspending people who might even say that, even though we know this is uh, almost a fact at this stage. Not a fact yet, but we're, we're almost sure it is. So it's bizarre that they would continue to wield that power. YouTube the same. A lot of, you know, I mean, Stephen Crowder, many other podcasters as well have taken their stuff from YouTube, moved to Rumble again because they're being demonetized if YouTube don't like what they say. And the same when we look at Spotify, constant warnings. Even if you have the best expert in the world, given his expert view, be it on COVID-19 or whatever it happens to be, you're getting warnings underneath your your videos or people to stay away from them almost. It is actually quite scary, isn't it? Yeah, it's very scary. You know, one of the very cowardly things that they do is... They're they're not you know the, the the Washington Post the other day ran a piece about how the it, it's important to investigate what where the origins of COVID. Just I, I'm old enough to remember three years ago, two years ago, if you were to wonder out loud what the whether or not the origin of COVID was was from a bat in the wet market in, in Wuhan, um, then you would be unpersoned, you would be disappeared, you um, you know uh, yeah. electronically. You would be shamed, and now, and now the media is saying, "Okay, it's time to now. It's time to think about this." So, you know, every, you know, every, every narrative that the Democrat media complex, others and censors, and us for questioning them on years later, quietly, they'll admit they were wrong. They'll quietly admit they were wrong, but the damage will already have been done, and they'll already be othering and censoring us for questioning their next demented narrative. So it, it, that's it's 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 a way they kind of cover their tracks, mm-hmm. where you're allowed to question some. You're not allowed to question something in 2020, in 20, and then and then 2023. They're allowed once they're allowed to start questioning it. Once they're allowed to start acknowledging, oh yeah, this is troubling. Really, that was troubling us three years ago, and you were shutting us all, all, all up. And you told us all you were, we were all conspiracy theorists to go away. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right. Because, right. because you do get it. And by the way, today's conspiracy theories are usually politicians of tomorrow. But those those people who come up with theories, and many of them were you know, very valid theories. Some of them were very professionals, by the way. There were doctors from Stanford, et cetera, et cetera. They were all banned uh, from Twitter. It was only when Elon Musk came back that he reinstated their accounts again. Sure, even the president of America was banned from Twitter, although for different reasons. He was banned from Twitter too, which was quite a bizarre situation. Um, As I said already, Elon Musk has made a difference. Do you think uh, Elon is true to his word? Do you think he'll hang on to it? There's rumors circulating that he might you know, pawn it off very soon and try and get his money back. Do you think he'll hang on to it? 
Well, it's it's not my job to speculate, only to confirm or dispel suspicion. So if that's an active suspicion, um, mm. you know, maybe it's worth investigating, and uh, maybe it's uh, something that that your viewers might you know have some hunches on. Yeah, we'd love to we'd love to hear from them. Um, I don't know. I, I do know that our account is back. Uh, the reason we lost our account was uh, th this kind of brings Facebook and Twitter full circle. Uh, we had a, a Facebook whistleblower uh, a few years ago who leaked to us a videotape of the meetings between Nick Clegg <clears throat> and Mark Zuckerberg uh, talking about um, talking about suppressing comments on on threads on comment threads and uh, this guy Rosen who's the head of uh, the VP of in of integrity at Facebook I went up to Sunnyvale I confronted him um, outside he was on a jog outside his home I confronted him asking him what he meant by by doing this and he ran into his home we released that video uh, and then Twitter not Facebook Twitter uh, pulled a project Veritas off of Twitter because of that video because they claimed that we doxed him <laughs> uh, because I guess at, at one point in the frame you can see his house number never mind that you can't see what street he lives on or what city he lives on never mind that he's a public figure <laughs> um they they claim that we doxed him and meanwhile cnn can approach uh non-public figures outside of their homes uh you know well, that's called doorstepping isn't it? that journalists have been doing that for years it's called doorstepping yeah. yeah 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 but it's 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 fine when they do it it's it's doxing when we when do you it. do it uh, okay so you're, yeah, you're reinstated on Twitter now. Well, sorry, we can't say Twitter anymore. It's X, which is probably the worst rebranding in history, by the way. Can I just point out? I don't know how we're going to get around. We don't even call it a tweet anymore. We now call it, they've, see, they've renamed the word tweet to post, which is going, oh, I'm going, that's just the same as everybody else now. I was quite happy with the word tweet. I don't know how the rebranding is going to go from, but the big stories, I suppose, in America at the moment, and the big one now is going to be the American elections. Of course, you've got Donald Trump has been indicted again. Uh, we'll find out exactly on what charges during the week. Uh, you've got the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden situation where Hunter refers to Joe as my guy. I mean, all these big stories, are these all big for Project Veritas to get the truth out of these? Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, you know, just on Monday, uh, we released never before seen footage of Ashley Biden, the president's daughter, uh, ta uh, talking to our journalists and confirming that the diary that uh, that we came into possession of was in fact hers. Um, now, this is something that uh, in, it was in 2020, we were approached by tipsters claiming they had Ashley Biden's diary. Uh, we had never met or heard of these from these individuals prior to that. Uh, they indicated they had acquired the diary, personal effects of Ashley Biden uh, that had been abandoned in a room where Ms. Biden uh, had been staying at the time. They, uh, they claimed that the diary ex uh, included explosive allegations against the president uh, or then presidential candidate. And so we went, we took efforts to corroborate the authenticity of the diary, but ultimately at, at the time we didn't, we made the decision not to publish. Um, we attempted to return the, the diary uh, to, to um, Ashley Biden and um, law enforcement, and well, we ended up giving it to law enforcement. Um, in 2021, fast forward 2021, 
uh, the Department of Justice began investigating this issue, claiming it was stolen. This is something they would later retract, kind of like what I was talking about earlier. Mm. Um, and then they ended up, uh, three of our journalists, including our founder, uh, were raided, pre had pre-dawn FBI raids. Uh, and documents that we later obtained revealed that uh, that these that the details of this investigation were leaked to uh, designated journalists at the New York Times during the raids. And also we had um, Microsoft and Apple that they had asked them to spy on us. Um, so this is so this has been a long ongoing thing from that point of view um, christian does that worry you by the way as an individual and as a person working with an organization that goes undercover that an organization that a lot of people are not going to like the stories that come out because it affects them and their careers and as you said already people have lost their careers over some of the stories that you've brought out so does that worry you as an individual when you're going undercover when you're i don't know using a hidden camera hidden microphone and releasing a story does that something that concerns you for your own personal safety uh, not as much as it probably should. Not as much as uh, um, people close to me have 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 advised me to worry about it. Uh, I just, you know, I see what's going on in the world, and I worry about that. I see, uh, you know, people uh, dying suddenly. I see people uh, having their voices taken away from them. I see people not being allowed in the midst of a of a pandemic, not being allowed to to have access to to critical. Uh, medical and scientific mm. information because uh, because Facebook some some executive at Facebook decided they didn't like it. Who's not a scientist, not a doctor? I see. Uh, I see. That's that's what worries me. It, it worries me that there's so few of us. Um, but it's uh, it restores my confidence. Then you know when we hear from our tipsters, when we when we get the outreach, the support that we're getting from our from our donors, we're a five hundred one c three. We we uh, live on donations, and there's enough. You know we we know we know that we've hit the the hornet's nest. We know when we have the FBI bang down our doors, stealing our our equipment, stealing our personal effects. Uh, we know we've hit something where that we're over the target. And, and what happens uh, then? Sorry for interrupting, but what happens then when the FBI come knocking on your door, take your computers, your phones, your laptops? What is it a case of let's start all over again? And you've to go and get everything again, and you've to new equipment. And do do you actually do you have an office, or do you guys all work from home? Uh, we, well, we have an office in New York. Uh, I I live out in L.A., Los Angeles, um, and we have journalists kind of spread out across the map. We're we're a, okay. a guerrilla army, uh, so we try not to all be in the same place at the same time. <laughs> um, but you know, and I'm I'm the lo the longest serving um, employee at Project Veritas. So with with Veritas, it used to be Veritas Visuals. Mm. Uh, and I've always lived in LA, but we we have we have a headquarters in New York. Um, coming up to the next election, obviously, you know, the, the, they're all going to try and spill the dirt on Donald Trump because they don't want him to be the next president of the United States. I'm pretty sure they don't want him to be the president of the next uh, president of the United States. Why do you think, when we look at the information and the evidence that's there in relation to Joe Biden and Donald Trump, for that matter? But yet we constantly see Donald Trump being indicted. We constantly see him, you know, in court at the moment. Um, I don't I, I don't think he'll end up in jail before he uh, runs for presidency. But anyway, um, but yet we don't see anybody suggesting that Joe Biden should be impeached. Uh, yet we know he's lied about his involvement with Hunter Biden. Why do you think that's happening? Well, he's a sacred cow. 
Uh, he's protected by the Democrat media complex. And listen, I, let me make it clear. A lot of Republicans are protected by the Democrat media complex. And uh, you don't have to call it the Democrat media complex. My mentor called it that, so I call it that. Um, but it's it's a, it's 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 essentially a uniparty system. Um, and uh, I mean, you could call it a duopoly. Uh, he's a sacred cow. He's protected. Uh, Donald Trump is not protected. He was never protected. Mm. Um, I think CNN our, got bored when Donald Trump stopped being president. CNN got quite bored because they had nothing to talk about anymore. Right. Well, speaking of, of speaking of CNN, uh, you know, one of one of our stories, I approached Van Jones, who's a CNN contributor during the height of the Russiagate hysteria, the Red Scare, as I, the new Red Scare, as I call it. And I, I asked him, I knew he was a smart guy. I was on Sunset Boulevard in, in Hollywood. I saw him come out of CNN. I had a hidden camera. I walked across the street and I asked him, what do you, what do you really think of this whole Russia thing? And he goes, oh, the, Ru the Russia thing's a big nothing burger. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had to go back on Anderson Cooper uh, right after that, after we released the tape and do damage control and say, no, no, it's not true. I'm still I'm still a conspiracy uh, <laughs> theorist. I'm still, I'm still a crack that was an, That story. was an incredible story that cost the American government. They, they say in the region of 115 million to investigate a story that wasn't even true. It was an incredible story. And and they all knew it wasn't true. That's the thing. What was he supposed and, to be and, peeing and, on hookers and all sorts of things were going on? There's all sorts of stories. Right, right. And so we, you know, we act on suspicions. We we confirm suspicions. And most smart people in the country knew they were being had by the whole Russiagate thing as far back as 2016. I don't mean to insult the people who who, mm. who needed to see our videos to realize it, um, but a lot of people suspected that but but the experts the people the people in the media uh you know they you re repeat a lie enough and it becomes true repeat something enough and it becomes true they call that and the mandela you, effect i think isn't it isn't that what they call it the mandela effect <clears throat> well i think the mandela effect isn't that a thing where where people miss collectively misremember something and then mm. it, the the Reality, oh, something similar. I yeah, the reality is quite different to, to what yeah. the truth actually is. Yes, absolutely. Right, I mean, you right. mentioned CNN as well. You also went undercover with CNN. I think it was CNN. You can correct me if I'm wrong here. So in other words, Trump is gone. COVID is gone. What are we going to do now? The next big thing is climate change. We'll just fill them full of stories on climate change. I, I think that was an undercover one you did too, wasn't it? Charlie Chester, yes, that was that was a couple of years ago. We had Charlie Chester, a CNN producer, <clears throat> telling one of our undercover journalists that, um, yeah, once you know the the I think he was saying that the COVID numbers, uh, you know, the the COVID death rates, uh, you know, they're starting to dwindle. Uh, we like to see, in so many words, uh, you know, we like to. It's like uh, gangbusters with ratings. The higher the the, the yeah, COVID the death numbers counts. go. Yeah. Yeah. So the next thing that we're gonna freak you all the hell out about is is climate change. So we kind of so we kind of get you know spoiled spoiled the narrative. The next chapter in the narrative uh, mm. for 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 the American people that you know it, it's always. But this is a long term one. The, the the difference with COVID was we knew it wouldn't go on forever, right? Although it went on a lot longer than anybody possibly imagined. Um, you know, and to be honest with you, Ireland had the second longest lockdown in the world. So you've no idea what it was like over here. Thankfully, I work in the media, so I was exempt from the lockdowns. But in saying that, COVID or climate change is something that it seems to be, it could be endless. Well, that's, 
that you know it, that that's why it's probably very useful to them is it is it, well it has been endless well it, you know i mean they've they've been they've been warning us about it since since the 90s it was global warming at the time in the 70s well, they've changed that it's called global, global boiling now that's the latest have you heard this new that have you heard global the new boiling. phrase global boiling that's what they're calling it in europe now global boiling not global warming anymore it's it's no different yes. to the man who went out on the street in the middle of Manhattan back in 1950 with a sandwich board on him saying the end is nigh. The only difference nowadays is we do it on social media, and we have a few scientists that will agree with it. Um, but yeah. I'm not I'm not going to get into the the idea that I'm some sort of climate change denier. I am not. I just don't know how responsible we are as human beings. That's the whole question that we should be allowed to debate. But again, unfortunately, we're back to a situation, and the same thing is probably going to happen on social media again. You're not allowed to debate it because if you debate it, you become a climate change denier, you become right wing, and you most likely will get cancelled. Listen, I think people are smart enough to 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 know that when we're not, we've we've seen it over and over again with COVID, with Trump, with uh, with with every issue with the vaccines that if we're not allowed, even if, even if someone wasn't even that suspicious in the first place, but it was like, Oh wait, what, if, what is this really man-made? Is this, are these vaccines uh, effective and safe? Um, you know, even, even if, even if you're only, you're 99% sure, but you're only 1%, you know, dubious, yeah. Yeah, 1% dubiosity, <clears throat> they, you know, they're, these people are so thin skinned that they will, they will, you know, just for wondering out loud, uh, you are banned. You are othered. You are, uh, uh, you, you know, to, you, you become the conspiracy theorist. So I think people are smart enough to notice a pattern of this and say, okay, interesting. There's only certain things we're allowed to debate about. Um, the, you know, if it's something, if it's a repeated mantra, if it's if it's uh, you know a conventional wisdom uh, tenet. And that you're not allowed to question that maybe that is in particular something that deserves questioning. But uh, the problem is you're saying that and I'm saying that, Christian, but a lot of people out there, I'm not going to suggest they're weak-minded, but you're in media, so you have a better understanding of things. I'm in media, I have a decent understanding of it, you know. But your average member of the general public looking at the media, when they watch RTE News, which is the news station, the national news station here in Ireland, or they watch CNN or Fox or whatever it is in America, or public television in America... They, they just lap it all up. You know, they go, what? The world's going to end in 10 years? Greta, Berg, Greta Thunberg said so. It must be true. So they kind of just lap it all up. Well, Greta, Greta Thunberg is, is, is right because that has been – I remember Al Gore saying that in 2005. Mm. <laughs> so so she she has people about you that, that the world was going to end in 10 years. And people, or people like Al Gore are saying – Yeah, the Mayans said it as well about 2000. Yeah, the Mayans. I'm thinking of the Mayans. They said 2012. Al Gore said before that. Then there was a hole in the ozone layers. I remember that. I'm a bit older than you, I think. The hole in the ozone layer back in the 1980s, we were all going to die. We kept using and hairspray. Um, the other one was the acid rain, which was another big one. And then the world was going to yeah. be flooded by 1998. I mean, so the fact that we've got it wrong every other single time, and by the way, that's as far as I can remember back, if we go right back in history, you know, scientists and experts have been predicting the end of the world and putting dates on it ever probably since time began. And yet they've all got it wrong every single time right up to now. So why do we believe this one's going to be any different? Right. Well, I Listen, the world might end tomorrow from mm. climate change theory, but our point is is that people people deserve to know, people deserve to 
to wonder out loud, to ask, to be curious. <clears throat> you know, it, what, one of the things that's most Freudian uh, to me is that just for asking a question, <clears throat> oftentimes the, the media will say, oh, are you saying, are you declaring that da 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 No, I'm asking. The yep. fact that, the, that, that these purported journalists don't know the difference between a question, between an interrogative and a declarative says everything about how little they're doing their jobs, which is only to be interrogative. They're interrogative. Their job is to ask questions. But if actual journalists ask actual questions, these fake journalists will say, oh, so you're declaring that, that you're saying that, 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 that. No, we're not saying anything. We're asking. But journalism but has not- changed. See, Christian, when you look at the newspapers here in Ireland, because they've all been replaced with online you know, publications nowadays, there's very few actual physical paper newspapers anymore. I mean, when you look at it, they're all just opinion pieces by journalists now. Journalists who used to be impartial and, you know, write a story about, you know, well, could this be true? Here's the argument against. Here's the argument for. Here's the evidence for. Here's the evidence against. Those days are gone. Now you got like, for example, here in Ireland, you got a particular journalist, you know, who's obsessed with climate change and is telling everybody we're all going to die. And, and, and you know, and it's rare that you will have somebody on the other side of the argument because they, they won't get a job anymore. That's the problem. So unless you're on the right side of the argument, they call it the right side of history. I believe they're on the wrong side of history. You won't get a job. Right. Well, it was Lester Holt, uh, I think, as shortly after the, the 2020 election, went on TV and, and essentially said the old, the, the old model of presenting both sides of an issue we're not going to do anymore because one side is wrong. <laughs> and that, you know, in that moment... Which side? Said that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he said, you know, uh, essentially saying... Uh, retiring as a journalist publicly mm. and saying I'm, we're no longer journalists we do not want to we we are one-sided uh and project veritas we are not right wing we're not republican we've investigated both republicans and democrats we've gotten we've gotten republicans in jail we've gotten republicans to announce their 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 retirements early to announce their resignations um but but because we but because we tickled the hornet's nest uh, of the Democrat media complex along the way, <clears throat> um, we get branded as right wing. It's it's interesting that we've never been uh, accused of being left wing. What does that say about one party not having the the the, the same ins- uh, institutional power and informational power uh, to brand us a certain well, way? right wing is is. Is easy. I mean, if you if you look up the definition of right wing and what it actually means, that nobody's actually really right wing apart from extremists. Right wing is an easy way for governments or for politicians or anybody to dismiss information as being false. So anyone, if you're on the right, you're obviously wrong. If you know what I mean, that's the way politicians look at it, and that's the way they try to put for, put it forward to the general public. And for example, if I just look up Project Veritas on Wikipedia, the first three lines, you know, brand. Project Veritas as right wing, deceptive, and all those other words because obviously people want to discredit you and discredit the organization, which, by the way, I don't believe is true. Um, but that's unfortunately the way it has been, and that's the way it is when it comes to all things in this country. For example, at the moment, the big stories are immigration, all those big other big stories. You know, if you have any questions in relation to it, COVID vaccines, whatever it happens to be, you're immediately right wing. 
you cannot you cannot question things or you will be targeted by the government as being a right wing extremist. By the way, does it ever worry you when when you when you do a good job and you get a politician to resign or indeed a politician to go to jail, as you mentioned a few minutes ago? Do you ever feel an element of guilt? Um, of course. Yeah, that's you, you were human beings uh, and, and these are human beings. Um, you, you know, uh, Donnie Brasco, the, the real life Donnie Brasco was once asked, you know, d didn't you didn't you ever regret you cultivated all these friendships, uh, you know, with these people? And then you and then you essentially betrayed them. Did you ever feel guil mm. uh, guilt about that? Now, his answer was no. And, and his reason was, <clears throat> well, the way I see it, they've got a job to do. I've got a job to do. And that's something I always remind me of. But yeah, look, it's 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 tough because these, you know, I I can tell you Scott Fovel in 2016, um, you know, I I befriended that guy for 20, for six months. He introduced me to his mom. He referred to me as his friend. Um, <clears throat> Scott Fovel, he was the the subcontractor for Bob Creamer who was uh, running the Dirty Tricks campaign for Hillary Clinton. And what I found out uh, from Scott Fogel and what we confirmed, uh, what uh, my colleague Allison Moss confirmed through Bob Creamer, was that uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign was training and financing and uh, 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 and stagecrafting the uh, incitements of violence at Trump rallies, sending what they called bird doggers into Trump rallies to incite violence uh, so that it would look as if Trump, yeah. so, so that way the media could maintain that narrative uh, to that Trump supporters are racist and, and violent and, and extremists um, when it was Hillary Clinton people being trained to do it. And we, so, you know, and it, it, it was very unfortunate that, you know, and Scott Fogel, you know, he was, he was bragging to me about it. He, he, you know, he loved it. He's brilliant. Bob Kramer's diabolical and I love him for it. You know, he was proud of it. Um, and I really like Scott Fogel, you know, be, I, but when, when to do this job right, you are not acting, you are, you are not acting, you are truthfully living in imaginary circumstances. When I, when I, I you know, I knocked on more doors in Wisconsin in the freezing cold for Hillary Clinton than Hillary Clinton. I did more campaigning in that state <laughs> for Clinton than Clinton. I, you know, when, when I go into these roles, I become these roles. I you're like a method. You're almost like a method actor. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm not pretending, you know. I I I adopt the moral arithmetic of my subjects, uh, yeah. you know, as and 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 I inhabit that. And Scott Fogel, for instance, was someone who I think was a lost soul. Um, he had he had somehow had the approval of his own conscience to to be doing this, to be defrauding the American people and pitting half the country against the other half of the country. Um, and interfering informationally in, in an election, uh, you know, but look, it, it, it's, it, it's, and when he, when Bob Creamer uh, fired Scott Fogel, th these are really disgusting people, the way they wash their hands, the way they throw each other under the bus, the way they wash their hands of, of the people, of the people beneath them and say, oh, I didn't, you know, and then Hillary Clinton fired Bob Creamer, you know, that, the, the, that was not, um, you know, and it, it's constantly, you know, pu pushing, pushing yeah. the culpability downward. Um, it's trickle down blame. You know, I did not enjoy that day. That that was, I mean, people were congratulating me, and uh, were you know very proud of me. And I that was that was that was that was great. But you know, it wasn't easy for me because I had gotten to know uh, Scott Fogel over the six months. And yeah, you befriended him. Yeah, so, yeah.
Yeah. I, I, is, it, is it getting hard? Is, at the same time, yeah. I, I could not keep from the American public and we could not keep from the American public the things that he was telling me that were of uh, that were that were of vital importance that were that the American public deserved to know that they were being pitted against each other in vain, that they were be, being fed a big lie uh, and, and they deserve to know that. Mm. No, no, I, I do get you. The truth has to come first. But I, I do remember a situation going back many years ago where I was interviewing a politician and his line to me at, on, the, on the radio, it was a long interview and, and he wanted to come on and talk to me because he considered me a friend or something. I don't know. And, and he said to me was in his representations in his local community, he didn't want to represent black Africans anymore. And I obviously had to challenge that on the air at the time we were live on the air. And I, I was saying to him, you know, you, you might as well be saying you're not going to represent women. You know? I mean, you can't just do that. That's kind of racist, you know, and he wouldn't back down. And I went outside for, during an ad break. And we had a smoke. And I said to him, Darren, I said, are you sure you want to continue with this? If you want to go back into the studio, I'll give you a chance to opt out here, apologize, say we got it wrong. It's all out of context. I didn't really mean that. And he went, no. As long as, as God is my witness, he says, I'll never regret what I've just said. No, I absolutely stand by it. And I said, you're committing political suicide. You do realize that. And he says, no, I will never apologize. Following day, he lost his job and apologized. But I, and I felt so bad because I, but I even gave him the opportunity. I wouldn't be good at your job right. because I, I would have went to Fobel and said, listen, I'm going to out you tomorrow. You know what I mean? So I, I, I just find it so difficult to do that to people, you know, and maybe that means that I wouldn't be good at doing your job. Maybe you wouldn't be good at doing mine either. But it just finally, in in relation to Project Veritas now, what is the next step? You get is Project Veritas getting bigger? Is it expanding into different markets? Are you going to kind of break up into subgroups, or or how does it work out now? On um, yeah, tomorrow we're going to be releasing a story. Uh, you'll see me in it, uh, and uh, and we're very excited about that. That's okay. that's the next step. I'm looking and forward honestly, to it. the next step. Are you know we're a five hundred one c three. We need, uh, you know, any, anyone out there um, who has even five dollars, five thousand dollars, five million dollars, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and any, you know, anything with a five in it, <laughs> or or any other number, um, uh, please go to projectveritas.com forward slash donate if you would like to see us continue to uh, to do this. And like indeed, if there's something us, in Europe that people notice that they feel needs investigating on a grand scale. Um, you'd be quite happy to do that as well. If you go to the website, Project Veritas, and you can do in the forward slash donate there. I'm sure there's a comment section there too. There's a media section there as well that you can put your notes in or you can put whatever note is. There's a contact yeah. section. Yeah. Projectveritas.com forward slash tips. Uh, you know, and, and, and the best way, because uh, the best way to expedite, you know, to, to, to make, to make a tip actionable is to tell us who who do we need to get on tape and what do we need to get them on tape saying or doing that you suspect them of saying. And I'm, ass doing. I'm assuming any information they give you, by the way, is anonymous and it's confidential. Yes, of course. We protect our sources with a vengeance. Okay. Uh, and and we're, we're all, one of the first things that, that we all uh, it, agree to is, is being willing to go to jail to pr pr protect a source.
Okay, well, that's a good motto, isn't it? Well, look, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, continued success with Project Veritas. Thank you very much indeed. If people want more information, you can go to projectveritas.com. Go to projectveritas forward slash, or .com forward slash donate if you want to donate. Or if you get in there, there's a tips section as well, forward slash tips. If you think there's a story they should be covering, be it in Europe or indeed America, if you're listening to this in America as well. Of course, we have many listeners across America too, listening to our podcast as well. Christian Harsock, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. And I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.